This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Into hour three, Sportsnet today. Logan Gordon, Aaron Vickers, with our outstanding producers Taylor Dingman and Cam Hughes. We got a busy hour coming up for you here on the program because, Mr. Vickers, we started off with breaking news: the Calgary Flames, and in turn, the Calgary Wranglers, have announced that Trent Call has officially been named. The next head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, he takes over for Mitch Love, who joined the Washington Capitals as an assistant coach this offseason. Coming up in just moments, live here on Sportsnet today, Flames Vice President and Assistant General Manager Brad Paschal will join us to discuss the hire, and then a little bit later on this hour, why don't we just go to the man himself? Why not? Why not? When in Rome. You're the new head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. Hop on board on Sportsnet 960. Trent Call will join us later on this hour to talk about his uh, new role as the head coach. So we got lots to get to here, Aaron. Uh, in just moments, we'll chat with Brad Pascal, but let's get into it. Trent Call, 49 years old, began his coaching career as an assistant with the Guelph Storm in 04-05, was then hired as a Blue Jackets assistant coach with their AHL affiliate, the Syracuse Crunch. Four seasons behind the bench in Syracuse before his first head coaching job and a return to the OHL with the Sudbury Wolves. He would leave them to three consecutive playoff appearances before heading back to Syracuse, uh, but under the direction of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay signed an affiliation with Syracuse in 2012. Call was a member of the coaching staff charged with developing the Lightning's top prospects. In 2017, Crunch won the Eastern Conference Championship in a berth in the Calder Cup Final. As head coach of the Utica Comets in 2017 for the Vancouver Canucks. He remained in the AHL when it relocated to Abbotsford in 2021, posting a 39-23-5-1 record. Led the team to the playoffs in their inaugural campaign. And the following season was promoted to an assistant coach with Vancouver under head coach Bruce Boudreaux. So that's just a little bit on the coaching career of Trent Collin. Now uh, the man who uh, was going to be a big part of this hire, no doubt, uh, joins us down the Atlas Peach and Sports Bar guest hotline. He's vice president and assistant general manager of the Calgary Flames. Brad Paschal joins us. Brad, thanks for doing this today. How are you? I'm doing great, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, it's Logan Gordon, Aaron Vickers along with you here, Brad. And uh, I guess the news just coming down, you have a new head coach for the Calgary Wranglers. Tell us uh, about Trent Call and the decision to name him as this team's next head coach. Yeah, it was a really thorough process. Talked to a number of uh, 
of, of great candidates, internal, external candidates. And, you know, ultimately, you know, we're, we're really excited to have Trent in the mix. I think he's, uh, you know, he's a really good fit for our organization. Um, great communicator, uh, really good teacher and, uh, you know, an overall just really good personality. And, and, um, yeah, we're really excited to name Trent today. And, uh, you know, we know that he, you know, he'll continue the focus of uh, player development with our group, and and we just felt that he was the the right person at uh, at this time for our for our development stream. When you talk about that development stream, Brad, how important is it for a head coach that's had experience in that development stream himself? Where uh, you know, Trent's gone from the OHL to the American Hockey League. He's got NHL experience. He kind of knows that path. From a coach's perspective, how important is that in your head coach and being able to use that with his players in development? Well, I think it's somewhat important. Um, you know, if you look at the past, in, in most recently with Mitch Love, like he didn't have a lot of that experience. He had some as a player, but not a, not a you know not AHL head coach and experience. And you know that that was. I mean, it was a factor in hiring him to have that experience, but, you know, we've had a track record of, of hiring people not having it and, and working with them hand-in-hand, hand to, you know, of what our organizational goals are. So I think uh, with him having that experience, for sure, it has a leg up of, of, uh, of knowing what it takes and, and knowing the ins and outs and, and be, being able to anticipate the you know the the discussions and the issues and the highs and lows of a of a AHL season. Um, so yeah, no, I think that at at the end of the day, it's, it, we look at it as a positive thing of having that experience and and uh, you know you know it's something again that we're really excited about. You talked about it being a pretty long search for your group. Just how extensive was this search uh, for you guys in trying to replace Mitch Love? Yeah, I guess personally, it, you know, Craig and Don asked me to take the lead in in uh, in you know targeting some people right away, and and then as well, obviously answering the phone and emails of people that wanted to apply and and building a long list, and that's what we did. And 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 over my time here, um, you, you know, I really enjoy reaching out to coaches and talking to different coaches. Uh, whether they're USHL or college or, or pro coaches. And, um, you know, I think it, it helps build a, a network, quite frankly, of, of people that, uh, you know, you have the opportunity to talk to and it might not get the job. And other, other times people surprise you along the way. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, we, we wanted to get the process, you know, get it right. But at the same time we did, you know, we talked to a number of people and some quality candidates and, you know, ultimately chose chose Trent, and and uh, after a number of conversations, and and uh, like I said, we were excited about. It. We just thought he was the right fit, uh, you know, for the organization at this time. We're chatting with uh, Flames assistant general manager Brad Pascal here, as the Wranglers have named Trent Call as their next head coach. It's Logan Gordon, and Aaron Vickers, along with you this afternoon, Aaron. But I'm just wondering the timing of the hiring. We're looking at mid-July as it stands right now. How important is it to get Trent into the organization at this point so you can help sort of guide the path and set the tone for the Calgary Wranglers moving forward, giving some time to, to plan and, and come up with an approach for the club well in advance of training camp in September? Yeah, no, good question, Aaron. It's, it, it, you know, I think there's, 
lot of positives. And I think for him personally, it's just, you know, for him getting settled, moving to Calgary, getting settled, getting his kids in school or whatever it might be. Right. So I think there's the, there's the, there's the human and personal elements of it. And then secondly, you're right. Having time to integrate with, you know, what it is, what are the Calgary flames and what are the Calgary Wranglers and, and having some time just to kind of adjust to, you know, a new organization. And, you know, he's going to come up, I believe next week um, and, and sit down with our NHL coaching group, uh, you know, to, you know, start that process of, of planning for the season and going through, you know, style of play and systems and what have you. And, and, and no, no different than what we've done in past years is we want to have a seamless transition from the NHL team to the AHL team of, you know, terminology and systems and, you know, just to make it, make it easy for players when they do get called up, if they happen to be the American League, get called up, that it's, it's an easier transition for them within the organization. So, you know, that process is going to, you know, to answer your question, it gives you a little bit more time to adjust, a little bit more time to prepare. And, you know, um, I think it's, it's always a positive thing, regardless of, of what occupation you're in. If you have more time to prepare, it's going to be a positive thing. You mentioned that extra time. And how beneficial is that to, to Ryan Huska to have Trent in? You mentioned there's going to be a lot of synergy between the Wranglers and the Flames. How does this added time sort of help those two mesh and, and get on the same page? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they you know, they'll talk coach speak and they'll you know, they'll go <laughs> yep. through through systems and video and, you know, it, it, yeah, that's that's real positive. I mean, it's uh um, you know, start building those relationships, uh, you know, Trent with with the current Wrangler coaching staff, Trent with the NHL staff. It, it, you know, I think it just makes the transition and 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 everything that much more easier uh leading into the first day of uh of training camp and and in this case Penticton where you know Trent will be running that but then into main camp as well I know I keep referencing it and making I don't want to say making fun of it but Craig Conroy in the introductory press conference for Ryan Huska mentioned the PowerPoint that uh, Ryan had put together I'm wondering does that trickle down to Trent does Ryan have to present it twice now (laughs) yeah yeah he might have to actually yeah you're right it's just and he'll have to jot down all the terminology make sure he's got the right one but um, yeah, no, I, I, Hey, Ryan, Ryan's a, Ryan's a strong communicator and so is Trent. So I think they're going to have some great discussions as we go through and, and, uh, you know, that the, the mandate is, you know, to Trent and as part of the process, and this is no different from the 10 years I've been here is, is, you know, is to replicate the, the terminology and the systems we use. And this is no different for Trent and, and he knows what to expect. And, and Ryan's excited to, to have him in the fold of the, the Calgary Flames umbrella and, and, uh, and really share his vision. Uh, along with uh, Trent coming in as the new head coach, this also fills out the remainder of your staff with some familiar names, Brad. Can you just uh, give us a, a heads up on what the coaching staff will look like as a whole for the Wranglers and why you decided to bring some of those guys back? Yeah, they continue to be under contract, quite frankly, and and but at the same time, we're 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 really happy to have them back. Our two assistant coaches, Don Knockbar and Joe Sorella, have done a have done a great job. I mean, the, the Wranglers have had some success, um, you know, in the standings and scoreboard. But you know, I can tell you that these guys have taken, um, you know, great steps to to help our prospects in their development. And and yeah, no, we're really excited to have them continue on the staff. 
as well as uh, Daniel Johnson's, our video coach and team services. And he's a big part of our of our uh, our coaching staff. And Mackenzie Skapsky works closely with Jordan Siglet as our goalie coach with the Wranglers. And and uh, you know, obviously Dustin's had a you know a tremendous couple of years here, but last year was his first year with them. And and we're gonna you know just to have him back in into the the mix and continue on is a is a positive thing. So I think Trent is walking into a um, you know, a good environment with, with uh, you know, people that with common goals of, of uh, player development and making our players better. Brent, how much time do you spend taking a look at what Trent was able to do uh, with a team that's so closely situated against yours? And what I mean by that is having experience with Utica and Abbotsford, teams that, you know, the Wranglers play on a pretty consistent basis. You get an upfront, close look at, at what he's able to do with those teams. How much of, of that goes into the process when you're looking at candidates and seeing what he was able to do with those teams specifically when it came to games against the Wranglers? It, it, you're no, no question. That's part of it. They, you know, part of it is, is, is watching, you know, watching teams and just, you know, how the detail that they play with. And a lot of that's on player personnel, but, you know, coaching specific stuff there's, you know, I think just the presence that he has and, and you know how we played with his teams. I, 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 yeah, it's it's a, definitely a factor, but um, it isn't the only factor. You know, at the same time, you're no matter who you're hiring for in any organization is you know you're making calls, you're you're checking references, you're you know you're going through an interview process and and asking a number of questions, um, you know, to make sure that you have the right fit and the right personality and ultimately the right employee to hire. And you know we. We checked a lot of things off our list, um, but yeah, watching his teams, um, you know, closely, you know, just when he was in Abbotsford, especially, I think that was, it was, it was a factor. Brad, I'm wondering if you just shed some light for me in the interview process when you're going through this. Does, does Trent come to Calgary at all? Did you get a chance to introduce him a little bit or show him around Calgary and get him the stampede experience? Yeah, in this case, uh, no, but we, you know, nowadays you do so many things on Zoom yeah. and this was no different. So, you know, we had the opportunity to do a number of, of Zoom meetings with them. And, and, and Trent isn't an unknown either. You know, Trent's a, a, a person that I've, I guess, organizationally, but, you know, you get to meet a lot of people in the sport, in just in our sport and in our occupation. So, you know, Trent and I have, have had conversations before and have met face-to-face before and, seen after games or before games. So, you know, there was a familiarity there. Um, and, uh, but, you know, this was done all on Zoom and, and through a number of conversations. And, you know, ultimately, uh, I don't think we left uh, any stone unturned as part of the process. I guess from the flip side, now that he's coming to Calgary, what advice do you have for a new Calgarian getting situated into the city? We'll probably get a cowboy hat. <laughs> Maybe not now. now, that, now that they might be on sale now, Brad. Get a discount now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go, he'll hit Lamley's maybe for the fifty percent off sale. But the, uh, um, yeah, what what advice? I mean, hey, it's uh, it's a you know such a great city, and you know my family and I both love it, and and I know he's really excited. It, you know, he's been to Calgary before. He's excited to, um, you know, just really dive right into our community and, and he knows the importance of, of our team and our organization being out in the community. Uh, he knows the excitement that, that the Wranglers had last year within the community, the new team. And, 
you know, and, and we've talked a lot about that. It's just, you know, hey, this is year two of a team. And, you know, we think that the brand and the excitement level of the team, um, you, you know, is just going to keep growing. So, he, you know, he, he, you know, that's something that, you know, he he's, he recognizes. And, yeah, he's really excited to get into, into Calgary with his family. Uh, Brad, I just wanted to ask you, Aaron asked a bit about the, the process and the synergy that goes between uh, your National Hockey League head coach and your American League hockey head coach. I'm curious, if, if at all, do you involve Ryan in this process? Like, is Husk someone that you, you go to during this process to ask for his opinion on who the next head coach is going to be, or is that something that you keep to yourself as part of the interview process? Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, ultimately, you know, ultimately it's management decision on this you know Craig and Don and and Dave Nonis and myself and we you know we all chat as a group and make that decision but yeah there's no question that that um you know Ryan's the person that I you know asked him for you know for names and and ran some names by him and and uh you know I think that's just part of your due diligence of you know hey here's my long list is am I missing anybody is there anybody that stands out for him and you know, I think, you know, people that you trust and, and, and especially in Ryan, knowing that he'll have to work with this person. Um, yeah, that's, those are conversations for sure that I had, but, um, you know, I think we thought a lot like-minded as we went through that process, but, um, you know, not only him, but I, you know, I talked to a number of people in and out of our organization and asked them the same thing and, and, and really, you know, you want to do your due diligence and, and, uh, you know, make sure that, that, you know, hey, here's the profile of the person that we want to hire, and, and you build a list from there and then build your process from there. Uh, have we missed anything now? I know you chatted with Pat recently, and this was sort of the, the big left uh, item on your to-do list, but what's, uh, what's left now as the summer continues for you, Brad, as far as things go with the Wranglers, or is it just sort of putting the pieces together as we get closer to training camp? Yeah, that's really it. I mean, you know, a few a few things to put to put, uh, you know, filling out, uh, you know, AHL contracts, AHL, ECHL contracts, working on a few of those. And, and uh, you know, I think just organizationally having to look top to bottom, NHL, AHL, ECHL, just, you know, where we're at and where we're projecting. So, that, you know, those that's going to be ongoing all summer. Uh, I'm just in day one of AHL board meetings that uh, take place this week, so they'll be wrapped up on Friday, and then, yeah, and then hey, it's uh, hopefully enjoy a little bit of the summer as well. Yeah, fingers crossed you get a little bit of that in before uh, before we get to the fall. Brad, thanks for joining us today. Really do appreciate it. Congratulations on getting your next head coach done up with the Wranglers, and uh, we'll talk to you again. I'm sure as we get closer to the summer. That's great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Take care. Brad Pascal joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline, the Calgary Wranglers have their next head coach. It is Trent Call, former Utica Comets, former Abbotsford Canucks head coach, and most recently on Bruce Boudreaux's staff with the Vancouver Canucks and uh, now the new head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. And uh, Very interesting. This was kind of the last. We've gone through pretty much everything. At this point, Vickers, new GM, new head coach for the Flames, Got a new head coach for the Wranglers. We were waiting for this final domino to fall, and here it is on a Monday. Yeah, absolutely. And Trent called the new head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. Plenty of experience in the American Hockey League. Again, 
what is it, five seasons guiding the Vancouver Canucks AHL affiliate. He's been a coach at the Ontario Hockey League level. He most recently was on Bruce Boudreaux's staff in the NHL for the Vancouver Canucks. A tidy bit of work by Brad Pascal and the Calgary Flames to get their minor league head coach implemented in mid-July because, again, you listen to Brad Pascal and talk about the synergy that's required between the Flames and the Wranglers coaching staffs. This will give Ryan Huska and Trent Cull both plenty of time together to get together and formulate a plan as to how they want the development path to work, the terminology, as you mentioned before, the systems, so on and so forth. Plenty of time for Ryan Huska and Trent Cull now to get together and, and, and work that out. And as I should have said at the end of that conversation uh, with Brad, maybe we'll talk to him closer to the end of summer, not the beginning of summer. We're already well into summer. but I don't know. Have you looked outside? Uh, yeah, it's not great outside right now, but I'm just a, just a dummy that says 4,000 words a day and sometimes uh, puts the order of them incorrectly. But uh, hopefully we won't do as much of that uh, when we come back on the other side, because we're going to chat with uh, the man himself, the new head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, is set to join us around the corner. Trent Cull is officially the man for the Calgary Wranglers. We'll talk to him about the process and how uh, he's getting ready for a new season behind the bench now with the Wranglers. That's coming up next as Sportsnet Today rolls on here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers along with you this hour. Chatting all things Calgary Wranglers. Just finished up a chat with Assistant General Manager Brad Pascal, the man in charge of hiring the Wranglers' next head coach, who we found out earlier this hour. Former Utica Comets former Abbotsford Canucks head coach, former Vancouver Canucks assistant coach, Trent Call. He'll take over the reins of the Calgary Wranglers bench next season. And he just so happens to join us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to kick off this segment. First things first, congratulations, Trent. Welcome to Calgary. Thanks for doing this today, man. Hey, no, thank you guys. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, just talk to us a bit about the process here, Trent. Is this a situation where you gave Brad Pascal and the Flames a call? Did your phone ring one day? What uh, started the process of you becoming the Wranglers' next head coach? No, it was, I mean, well, I was reaching out uh, because it was a job that I was coveting. Um, you know, I had to, I didn't have any, I guess you'd say, relationship with uh, the Calgary Wranglers before because, you know, when I was playing or coaching against Calgary's farm team they were in Stockton at the time right so but uh just my path was I really enjoyed being a head coach in the American League wanted to get back there and then when the opportunity and then seeing Mitch move on he did a really good job with that that hockey team for sure so uh I jumped at the chance what excites you uh, about coming to Calgary and, and being a part of this organization with the Wranglers Trent just you know the good Great young prospects. I remember, you know, I, like I said, a couple of years removed, though, but uh, coaching against the team before, uh, just, and I know there's still some of the same players that are there, but, uh, and also, too, just like a bit of a fresh start, it seems like, you know, with the new guys coming into, into power, and what I'm saying there is obviously with Craig coming in and, and just being part of something kind of almost feels like that it's not from the ground level, but it's it feels fresh, it feels new, and, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Uh, what was the, the interview process like for yourself? You mentioned that you, you reached out to the Flames and mentioned you were interested in the process. How did it progress over the, the couple of weeks or, or days? How did that go for you? Yeah, it's just various uh, phone calls, Zoom calls, et cetera, and going through, you know, different personnel. And, 
and I found out, you know, and that just uh, the call of, of, of receiving the job. So that was great. And, and, and just, you know, I'm excited by being in Calgary. I haven't spent a ton of time in Calgary, but I mean, I remember being there and, uh, when I was an 18 year old playing on a national team and it was awesome. I remember going, uh, horseback riding in the hills, and the mountains there, but just great city coming in on the road trips, always loved it. Thought it was just a great place to be. What were those uh, conversations like with, with uh, Brad Pascal during the interview process that made you think, um, I might be in contention for this job? Um, you know what? It kind of probably started with uh, different people who had maybe guys that I had known that were maybe interviewing for the head coaching job in Calgary okay. and just you know talking to those guys. And they talked about just Craig and Don and Brad, Dave, just about how how good a people they are. And I think sometimes when you, uh, you're in this business and it, it can be, you know, can be certainly a lot of ups and downs, but having good people surrounded around you is something that you want to be a part of. And uh, I really enjoyed our talks with Brad. Uh, and I just, I thought it was just a, a great guy that I could, I could work for for sure. Uh, maybe if people aren't uh, as familiar here in Calgary with your coaching style, your coaching philosophy, Trent, give us a bit about yourself as a head coach, your expectations for players and a bit of what uh, fans can expect you to bring as the head coach of the Wranglers. Well, big shoes to fill. I think Mitch did a great yeah. job with that group. And, uh, and for me, you know, it's just, it's working with those individuals. I, uh, what I'm a, I'm a teacher. Uh, that's what I feel like I am with my, my mom was a teacher and, and that's kind of the environment I grew up in. And, and I think that what really kind of, uh, excites me is just the simple things of watching guys play for the Calgary Flames and that would be that'll be really exciting to me it's been different teams obviously in the past that I've worked for but that's kind of the thing that makes me happy it kind of I guess uh, fuels my soul so to speak and that's my that's my focus is to work with the individuals Uh, we want to really make sure that we're we're doing everything we can as a staff to excel our guys and to to give them every opportunity to play for the Calgary Flames and uh and we obviously want the Flames to do extremely well. We want them to win a cup, and we feel great about that. Trent Coles along with us. He's the new head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. Kind enough to give us some time this afternoon here on Sportsnet Today. I'm Logan Gordon, joined by Aaron Vickers. Aaron? Trent, we just had Brad on, and he was talking about what really impressed him about you is what you've been able to do from a development standpoint. I'm just curious, is there something specific that you try to instill in players as you try to prepare them for making the jump from the AHL to the NHL? Well, first of all, it's just arming them with the weaponry to do it. So, and, and teaching the, the players that the things on the ice, but then also to it, it's about inspiring those players and making sure that they believe in themselves. I mean, it's, uh, we have to make sure that it's a full, I call it physical, mental uh, well-being of a hockey player. And, and by developing that is, is so key. And, and I think that the team concept by teaching the individuals and you teach them the team concepts are so important because we want to make sure that that, that player is as rounded as possible when he arrives at the national hockey league. Cause our goal is not to have that guy come back. The goal is for that guy to go and be able to stay. I want to ask you about how that process will work with flames head coach, Ryan Husk in a second, but I'm just curious about the development aspects of being an AHL coach versus the winning aspects, because what we hear all the time is that the main goal is to prepare players for the next step. But at the same time, if you can create a winning environment while in doing it, that helps the player as well. Absolutely. I couldn't agree to you more. And what I think is 
when you're dealing with the individuals and it's taken me some time too to develop an exact plan and 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 everyone is different you know no one player or person as we all know is the same so everybody has a different way everybody has a different route but the goal there is for us to be able to work with the individual once we take care of the individual and we know that that player is 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 on the right path i think that and you do that with a group of individuals that I think the team part takes care of itself. And that's the goal. And I think you can, as you said, have individual success, but also team success with that at the American league level. The coaching fraternity can be a small world. I didn't know you've coached against uh, Ryan Huska in the American hockey league, both as an assistant and as a head coach. I'm just curious, how well do you know Ryan Huska? Uh, me and Ryan played a short, I think it was probably three months together, way back for uh, the Springfield uh, in, in the American Hockey League. So I've known Hoska, stayed in touch with him, like just, you know, through calls here and there through the summer and checking in and, and always saying hello. Uh, I've always res- uh, really respected Ryan. I think he's just been a, a really good person, first of all, and obviously his coaching acumen speaks for itself. We've already spoken. I mean, I, I think it's it's really important for me to go and to be able to meet with Ryan, Kale, all the coaches there, Mark, Dan, and just making sure that whatever the message being sent there is the same message that we're sending down with, with the Wranglers. That would have been the 1999-2000 season if my quick Googling uh, is accurate. Is that around the right timeline? Does that seem, seem about right to you? Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it was, uh, it was, you know, it was somewhere we were together. Not for long. I ended up getting traded in the minor league deal after that, but always stayed in touch. And when you see guys extended in the coaching career, we always, you know, go and, and say hello and talk to each other. And I've always enjoyed that. And the same with Kale. Me and Kale played uh, junior together. So, uh, and I've always followed him, and, and we've coached against each other a lot too. So, really good people there. So, I'm really happy to be a part of that. Funny how the hockey world works sometimes, isn't it? Well, you know what, like, especially in coaching, like I know how difficult it is for players to get to the, the national hockey league and even coaching. I mean, there's so many less positions. So usually we've all kind of forged a path through somewhere and, and, and kind of run into each other before for sure. Uh, funny enough, I think that was Ryan's last uh, professional season in Springfield. Uh, you went on to play for uh, a couple years longer. What, uh, what do you take away as a, as a coach Trent from all your years playing in pro hockey and junior hockey that you can help sort of, does it help you sort of relate to players on a, on a day-to-day basis going through that grind yourself as a, as a player at one point? For sure. For sure it does. And I think that, uh, you know, after 10 years in the minors, I feel like I've, uh, I've pretty much experienced all of it. And and I know the the thing I, I certainly impress upon the players is like, I don't want them to be like me. Like, I don't want that for them. I never played in the national hockey league. So I want more out of them than, than I, what I kind of achieved, I guess you'd say. And, uh, and I instill that it's okay to be hungry, to want more and, uh, and have that desire. And that's, for me, though, but I feel very, uh, I guess you'd say, uh, comfortable in talking about all situations with players in the American League, for sure. Give us the scouting report on Trent Call, the player. What, what, kind of, what kind of player was Trent Call in his prime in the American Hockey League? Oh, boy. Well, first of all, I was a really good room guy. If you ever heard that expression, yes, yeah, keep yeah. him in the room, probably would have been better <laughs> off. But no, I was... Uh, 
kind of a, a stay-at-home defenseman, kind of a rough-and-tumble guy, and, and, you know, sometimes uh, try to play against the other team's best players and play hard and, and you know, a little bit of uh, fighting back in the day. It's kind of like anybody who, you know, certain parts of your job, if you want to keep your job, you had to make sure that you are trying to protect some teammates, and that was kind of part of my, my deal. Do we ask him about the scouting report as a Ryan Huska, the player? Because they would have played against each other a little bit, too. Do we go that way? Uh, right? If he wants to. If he's, if he's oh, confident I, I enough. I'm going to blow it right out of the water and talk about how <laughs> skilled he was and how <laughs> unbelievable teammate and all that. That's <laughs> for sure. You got the job, Trent. You got the job already. It's okay. We're, we're well past that. Uh, I did want to ask yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I did want to ask you a bit, uh, talking about that relationship with Ryan and Kale, and and looking at that Flames organization and seeing that those are two guys that have spent time with the the Flames affiliate and worked their way up to being uh, either a head coach for Ryan or an assistant coach in Kale's mind. Is that something that you value when you go to an organization to Trent, seeing that the guys get opportunities and there's room to grow within the Calgary Flames organization? Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think that some <clears throat> some people ask you like, what is your what are your goals in coaching, and and where do you want to be? And and I, I don't think that I think that if you're you're doing you're doing the right thing and you're doing good things, and then people will recognize that. And I think that this is an organization that does it, it, it sees the I guess the good in people, and and they've prospered, and those guys deserve it. Kale's great, like so obviously is Ryan, and I mean, so it's nice to see that that's the kind of the path that can be there. And, uh, but I'm, uh, you know, uh, I don't have a timeline. I'm just really happy to be like, it really, I can't say this to you enough. Like, like it's one of the most fulfilling jobs I've ever had. if not the best job I've ever had to be a head coach in the American league. Like it is a great league. It's, it's a great league to coach in. All the players are really hungry. Young guys trying to, to learn as much as they can, trying to get the national hockey league. I love it. And for me, uh, if this is what I do for the rest of my life, I'm great with it because, uh, like I said, it kind of fuels my soul, and I really like it. It was short-lived, but I'm curious if you could talk to us about maybe what, if anything, you you gained from your time in the NHL under Bruce Boudreau. I know it it wasn't as long as you would have hoped for to be up at the NHL level, Trent, but is there things that you take from that as a coach and, and want to use going forward? Absolutely. For sure. You always learn from any situation. Unfortunately, that's the first time I was fired, but uh, it was, it was just a great, still a good learning experience, you know? And so uh, for me, one of the biggest things I learned is sometimes when you've been in the American hockey league and you're making decisions on the bench, whether it's young guys, whatever guys are playing, how important those decisions can be for your NHL team. And uh, you know what, those, those guys need to play in the American league. Uh, That's what we need to do. That is our job. And our job is to coach them up as much as we possibly can. And, uh, and now being at the national hockey league level in a salary cap era, you know how important that is to the organization. And uh, that's certainly something that's dawned on me. It was great being around, uh, you know, the players and seeing them coaching them, some really uh, great people and high-end skill, that's for sure. And so sometimes you, you end up being a bit of a fan watching those guys because they're such good hockey players. But for sure, plenty of things I can take from my experience there uh, that'll help me as a coach in, in the American League. Uh, two more that I wanted to ask you before I throw it back to Aaron. And one is Abbotsford's close to Vancouver, but it's not the same building. Is there an added aspect to coming to Calgary knowing that the, the Wranglers and the Flames – share the same building and that you're going to rub shoulders a lot with Huska and with different members of the player development staff and having that close connection at all times. Is that a, is that a positive for a coach in your mind? 
absolutely. You know, like for me, it's just it, it's resources. Like, how can we how can we all work together and pool our resources to to better the, the hockey players there? And I think it's a it's a fantastic opportunity. I mean, having that, I, I did as you said. You know, it was only an hour and something down the road from Abbotsford, but. I mean, it is a, I think it's a, it's a big part of a head coach and his plan with his American Hockey League team of how we can better our prospects and how we use our resources to, to the maximum potential so we can help those, those young players, you know, progress and develop as the, as the season wears on. I think it's a great opportunity. And not only that, it's great for me to be around the coaches too. And, and I need to work hard at that to make sure that any messages they want to send to players throughout the year, if it changes different, you know, other things, that I'm doing the same thing with our group, with the Wranglers. Uh, now that uh, it's official, you've, you're going to be the coach of the Wranglers. You mentioned that there's been some experience with a couple of guys uh, over your coaching tenure with, with Utica and Abbotsford, but I'm curious, have you have you Googled the Wranglers roster? How familiar are you with uh, some of the players that you'll get into coaching next year? Are there any guys that you've kind of you know penciled in as guys that you're really looking forward to working with next year? Well, I mean, just like I said, I'm still two years removed, right? But yeah. I mean, how can you not? Like for me, it was it was Pelche was was flying around the ice and how effective that hockey player could be, you know. And it was uh, he was a pretty impressive guy. He kind of jumped off the screen at me, that's for sure. And and right away after was that goaltender. Uh, uh, you know, he was Mr. Wolf there. He was really good against my team when I or that other team when I was coaching them. And <laughs> yeah. uh, he can be. He's one of those guys who can be really frustrating for the opposition and how you're going to find a way to, uh, you know, beat him. But then there's other different kind of guys. I remember seeing Adam Klapka in training camp as well, like where the preseason games in Vancouver, you know, Brett Sutter was with a different organization, but I love that you could see he was a really good leader too. So there's a few guys that kind of mixed in there that you could see right away. And then there's also guys that kind of progressed since that time too with Patterson, you know, and how guys have gotten better there as they've moved along. Trent, I just want to ask you, you've referenced it a couple of times of the synergy between the AHL coaching staff and the NHL coaching staff. I'm just curious from your perspective, when you join a new organization, what are the first steps in getting onto the same page with the NHL coaching staff? Well, it's really easy. You know what? Ryan uh, reached out to me and, and they're having a coaches meeting at the end of July. So I'm getting coming into town uh, immediately to meet with those guys for two days and you know, just want to hear what they're doing, hear what they're talking about. I was just talking with Ryan this morning about if there's any video that he's going to send me some stuff just to get up and running. So I'm kind of uh, have some knowledge leading into that meeting. So, um, so that's awesome right away. Uh, and then from there, it'll be, I'm sure that, uh, you know, I'm going to bring my wife and my kids here too. And so hopefully uh, I'll uh, get a chance to get out and see Calgary. Cause I'm really excited by kind of checking out the city for sure too. I was going to ask you what the next couple of weeks look like, but you kind of outlined it there. I'm wondering if there's a timeline for you to get to Calgary on a more permanent basis. Yeah, well, for sure. It's just, uh, the great thing is you get a job, you're really excited and it's awesome. And I am. And so that's why I think that over the next, uh, you know, week, uh, it'll just be kind of getting things in, in kind of gear and order yeah. and reaching out to all the staff and, and kind of setting things up and, and, and starting those relationships. And then, you know, beyond all the coming of the coaches meetings is really good. And then my family will have to make a decision on how we're, how we're going to, you know, move forward over the next month and a half, but it'll happen pretty quick. That's for sure. I know you missed stampede by one day, but I'm just curious. Do you have a cowboy hat already? I do. I used to play, uh, and I'm upset that I missed the stampede. That's for sure. <laughs> I've never been, uh, but I played in Houston, Texas, like yep. off and on, like three-ish plus plus years. And uh, 
we had a year where we had this picture team picture where cowboy hats and the duster jackets and the boots and stuff but uh uh i still got the hat it's awesome so and then uh or you guys might not think it's awesome but uh and being a part of Houston and, and being to that rodeo, I think it's a, it's a pretty cool thing, that's for sure. I was going to say, do you still have the full outfit, and is that the day one attire for when you roll into the Saddle Dome? I don't think I'll try to make that statement on day one for sure. <laughs> I uh, I, uh, I think I'll, I'm more of a kind of a, of a quiet, a slide in the back door kind of guy and just uh, have my coffee and sip in the corner. But, uh, but you know what? It was just awesome. I've watched some videos and seen just, you know, seeing the hockey players and just everybody, how they're all kind of united and understanding that how the ownership group and the football team and the lacrosse team and the, and the, the multiple hockey teams are all together. That's a really cool vibe to see and, and see that have at the stampede for sure. Trent, uh, once again, congratulations on the job. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to uh, to hop on with us. Can't wait till you get here in Calgary. Me and Aaron will introduce ourselves in person. But uh, safe travels to you and your family getting to Calgary and getting settled, and we'll talk to you a little bit closer to the fall, hey? Great. Thanks talking to you, boys, and uh, me too. I can't wait to get there. Take care. Thanks, Trent. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye now. Trent Call joining us. The new head coach of the Calgary Wranglers announced just this afternoon he'll take over for Mitch Love, who's now a member of the Washington Capitals as an assistant head coach. And uh, great chat with Trent there, Aaron. That was uh, great to to get to know him and to get a feel for it. And I was really interested. It, it's a hard question to ask. He, he only got less than half a season yeah. with Vancouver at the NHL level. And I'm curious. I, I was curious to see how he'd take it because you can – leave scars and you can have resentment about how that whole thing went. And it was ugly for Bruce Boudreaux, but it's ugly for his assistant coaches too. They're the ones that hear that too. They have families, they have, you know, uh, a vested interest in it as well. So it's not just Bruce Boudreaux that hears those things. Oh, the Canucks are going to clean house with the coaching staff. The assistants hear that. Everybody hears that. And I was curious how he looked back on it. And I really love that he was a guy that looked back on it and said, I can learn from that. It was great. It wasn't as long as I wanted it to be, but it was great to be at the NHL level and, and brush shoulders with NHLers and learn from that. And seems like a guy that takes something from every stop he's been on. Well, and he was with that organization for over half a decade, so that's a lot of time invested as well. What I found perhaps most interesting is the going back to the playing days and the self-scouting report, but also learning that he was a teammate of Ryan Huskin, a teammate of Kale McLean. And it's just funny how the hockey world works sometimes. It's a small we world. We didn't see the the, the, the connection, right? At first, when right. I was talking to Brad, when we were talking to Brad earlier this hour, I'm trying my best as you know, as we're on the fly to go, okay, where does this connect, right? Because it's I think it's very rare that there's no right. dots to connect between, that it's just a, look, he was a private member of the Canucks organization for 10 years. We liked him. And that was great. And then you start talking to him, and you're right. You, oh, yeah, I played junior with Kale McLean. I played American Hockey League hockey with, with Ryan. And then you go, boom, there's the dots connected. There's that understanding of, of who's in the organization now that can talk personally about it. And you're right. There's always those connections in hockey. It's sometimes our job to find out where they were because they weren't obvious at first. Absolutely. And I just love the glowing scouting report he gave to, to <laughs> somebody he's going to be working very closely with over the course of the coming season in Ryan Huska, where he was an amazing this and an incredible that. So there you are. And that's always, a, and that's another one I was interested too, is, you know, can you feel like maybe there's too much on top of you 
as an American League head coach being in the same building as as Huska and Conroy and all these people at the same time, but he, he sees it as a resource and the opportunity to have more eyes on his players and more on developing them to be Calgary Flames, and I think that's exactly how you have to look at it. You can't look at it as, oh man, somebody's over my shoulder checking in on me every day. You have to look at it as, hey, maybe if I can grab Husk for 10 minutes and we can yep. spend time with Jeremy Poirier on defensive zone coverage. That's not something you can do when your American League affiliate is, you know, a thousand miles away or whatever. That's a unique Calgary advantage and ones that we don't see behind the scenes, right? No, it's uh, it's very rare in the American Hockey League to have, well, never mind the same building, but within a 300-kilometer radius of you, and the Calgary Flames certainly have that set up, and it's going to be very beneficial to both the Flames and the Wranglers having that sort of arrangement where you can have almost unlimited resources for an AHL club. Yeah. There's not a lot of budget for an AHL team typically. So when you suddenly have player development in the same building, the big advantage in terms of development for the prospects that hope to one day be promoted to the NHL. Uh, thank you to Trent and thank you to Brad Pascal for joining us this hour. And a big shout out to Peter Hanlon uh, of the Calgary yes. Flames for helping coordinate both of those in short order. Very much appreciate that. I uh, hope you enjoyed both of those conversations before we get out of here on the hour though. It's an off day for the Toronto Blue Jays coming off a big series victory against the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're back at it against the Padres tomorrow with your latest on the Jays. Here's Taylor Dingman. Time now for the Jays report on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Taylor Dingman. The Toronto Blue Jays came out of the all-star break and they would not be denied. Three straight over the Diamondbacks. They start the second half with a sweep. Their high water mark is now a dozen over 500 with 53 wins. They've taken victories at 14 out of the last 20, and this ball club is rolling. The Toronto Blue Jays swept the Arizona Diamondbacks this weekend. It all started Friday night with a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. home run to start the bottom of the second. And a Kevin Kiermeyer sack double play, but Matt Chapman scored before the inning was over. Gabrielle Moreno hit a home run in the top of the seventh to tie the game at two. The Jays would have an explosive seventh inning. RBIs coming from Brandon Belt, Matt Chapman, Whit Merrifield, and Danny Jansen. Jose Barrios got the start going five and a third inning, giving up one run on seven hits. Saturday Sori was the shutdown performance of the bullpen. George Springer would hit a two RBI double in the second to get an early lead. Due to a failed challenge in the third, the Blue Jays would give up two runs from a Jake McCarthy single. But Whit Merrifield started the fourth with his sixth homer of the season. Merrifield hits it high in the air, out to deep left field, doesn't have enough. Carroll back at the wall, leaps in the air, he can't get it! It's off the top of the fence and gone! Chris Bassett pitched seven innings, giving up only two runs on seven hits. Pearson, Swanson, and Garcia all came in for an inning of relief, giving up no runs and each striking out a batter. The bullpen held the D-backs offense for the Blue Jays to bolster their lead to get a 5-2 lead thanks to a Bo Bichette homer. 1-2, a letter to deep left. Carroll got turned around. He stops, he looks up, and it's into the Blue Jay bullpen. In Sunday's game, the D-backs started off strong, going up 2-0 over the Jays by the second. It wouldn't last long as Santiago Espinal would hit an RBI double, and Kevin Kiermaier picked up an RBI single to tie the game in the bottom of the second. 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit a sack fly in the fifth to extend the lead 3-2. Danny Jansen would pick up the winning runs on a three-RBI double. Bases loaded, the 2-1. Swing and a line drive to the gap in left center field. Down for a base hit! Guerrero's chugging in. Chapman's on his heels. Merrifield speeding around the bases. He's coming home to score! The bases are wiped clean by Danny Jansen! A three-run double. Six to two, Toronto. Dalton Varsho hit a double to score Jansen and make it seven to two. Things heated up in the top of the ninth with a bases-loaded situation, and Cattell Marte hit a double to score three runs. The Jays got their final out to win the ball game and sweep the series seven to five. The two former Blue Jays made a series for themselves. Gabrielle Moreno went two for five with one home run, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. went five for 11 with two runs. That's your Jays report for this Monday. The Blue Jays are off today, but we'll be back tomorrow to take on the San Diego Padres. Catch the Blue Jays all season long right here on Calgary's home of the Blue Jays, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. That'll do it for us. Thank you, Taylor, for that Jays report. Appreciate it. Jays baseball back on your radios tomorrow when they open up a series against the Padres. But in case you missed anything from today, we had a chat with Michael Backlund going back into hour one. Our NHL offseason review continued with a conversation around the Colorado Avalanche with Ryan Bolding, uh, only to have more Avalanche news drop after we finished chatting with Ryan. In case you missed it, Ross Colton. Uh, who we briefly touched on with Ryan in our conversation, has signed a four-year contract with the Colorado Avalanche worth $4 million per season. So some good value for the former Tampa Bay Lightning forward who's now in Colorado for the foreseeable future. So that's going to be up at a Stamps Report with Patrick Dumas and Hour 3, all things Calgary Wranglers, Brad Pascal, assistant GM of the Calgary Flames, and Trent Call, the new head coach, of the Calgary Wranglers. You can find all of those conversations up wherever you get your podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Mr. Vickers, why don't you say we do this same time, same place tomorrow? You took the words right out of my mouth. Sounds great. Thanks to Taylor and Cam for their outstanding work today. We're back tomorrow with another edition of Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.